Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And a big unknown for people retiring is understanding exactly how much their living expenses will be. Not really just how much their living expenses will be when they retire, but more importantly, how will those expenses change over time? When you're working, that doesn't really matter much. You know that your expenses are going to change over time, but you're assuming that your income is also going to change over time. So as expenses go up and down, you can just naturally account for that through your salary. And you can control that by saying year by year, I have my income and I can just control what my expenses are going to be. Well, in retirement, you don't really have that luxury as much. You are counting on some lump sum, which is called your portfolio when you retire, to be able to meet your living expenses over the duration of your retirement. So this is something you want to get right on the front end because you can't just work more. You can't just work overtime or work a couple more years to account for this. This is something that needs to be done on the front end of retirement. And when you don't know what your expenses will be, you feel worried. You feel worried that you might be spending too much and it's hard to fully enjoy your retirement. So if you do understand how retirement expenses as a whole tend to behave, then you can better understand what your own expenses will look like in this context, which allows you to create a plan and go into retirement with much greater peace of mind. So today we're going to talk about just that. Not that everyone is average, obviously everyone is not average, but what does the average retirement living expenses look like for most people? So as most people go into retirement, we can get a general sense of how much are people spending on the front end of retirement, how much are people spending in the middle of retirement, and how much are people spending in the latter years of retirement. Because most people, when they approach financial planning, let's say they're going to run a projection, and myself included in this most people example, Most people start with understanding how much are your expenses going to be year one of retirement, and then we inflate that by 3% per year or some inflation factor per year. So in other words, how do we take what your costs are going to be today, but then maintain the purchasing power of that over time? Now, that's how it's been done, and that's how most people treat this, but David Blanchett in a 2014 article called Exploring the Retirement Consumption Puzzle, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes, he used more empirical evidence to show what actually happens to living expenses in retirement. And hint, they don't just go up at one static number or one consistent rate of increase. So one rate of inflation over time, they start to change. So in this research, what he looked at is he looked at something called the Consumer Expenditure Survey, the CEX, the Consumer Expenditure Survey, which provides information on the buying habits of American consumers. And it's just something that's collected by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and by the U.S. Census Bureau. So a whole lot of numbers that were analyzed and taken into account because he wanted to answer the question, how do expenses change over time? Because there's two things that we want to consider here. One is we want to look at inflation. How does the inflation of our expenses change over time? And number two, how do expenditures actually change over time? So things we're actually spending money on. So let's walk through this, because once you understand what this looks like for the average retiree throughout retirement, you can relate it back to your own personal planning, and we'll have some takeaways here. So how do, how does this conversation, how does this concept impact some other aspects of retirement planning that we want to make sure we're getting right? So let's look at the study real quick. To summarize, the spending or the study started by looking at this. It started looking at different categories that we all spend money on. It looked at clothing, food, charitable contributions, entertainment, healthcare, 
housing, insurance, transportation, and then other. And other was just a catch-all for everything else we spend money on. In this study, it actually looked at people from ages 25 through 85 to see how these spending habits change over time. Here's the first takeaway. The first thing that it looked at was inflation. So when you look at a retiree versus, say, someone who's 30 years old, the inflation as a whole, the inflation of all costs of goods across the nation that people are spending money on, so goods and services, that's going to increase at some rate of return. The consumer price index is what's going to measure that. But a retiree is not spending money on the same exact things that a 30-year-old is spending money on. And when you look at things like apparel or education or food and beverages or housing or medical care or recreation or transportation, the proportionate amount that a 65-year-old versus a 25-year-old is spending money on is going to be different. Well, what does that mean? If you look at a retiree, and this is right from the study, the study says, given the higher weight of medical expenses for retirees and the fact that medical expenses have historically increased at a rate faster than inflation and are generally projected to continue doing so, it is likely that retiree expenses will increase at a rate that is faster than inflation, i.e. inflation for retirees is actually going to be higher than inflation for the rest of the consumers. What you have is you have the consumer price index, but then there's actually called something the CPI, consumer price index dash E, which is a more appropriate version of inflation for retirees. And the reason for that is it is going to weight things like medical care and other things that retirees spend more money on a little bit more heavily when it's factoring in the increase in the cost of goods and services over time. So what it shows is it shows that for retirees, inflation is actually going to be higher than inflation in its impact on people outside of that retiree age group. And this simply comes down to the fact that the things retirees are spending money on tend to go up in cost faster than the cost of things that the average 25 to 35 to even 45 year old is spending money on. So as a retiree, it's not just enough to know what is inflation as a whole doing, it's what's the inflation of the goods and services I am concerned about? What is that doing? And as a whole, inflation for retirees tends to be higher. Now, the second part of this study, so not just looking at the inflation or the increase in the cost of goods and services, but the second part is the expenditures. So how does your actual spending change over time? And what it looked at is it looked at from age 65 to 85, what did the general trajectory of spending look like? And what we saw in this study or what the study saw is that on average, spending actually decreases by 1% to 2% per year in real terms. So what does that mean in real terms? Well, let's use an example. Let's say that you're retired and this year you spend a hundred bucks on groceries. Obviously that's a significantly lower number than you're probably actually spending, but assume that you spend a hundred dollars just for this example on groceries. Well, if inflation increases by 3%, what that means is next year, you would likely spend $103 on groceries to buy the same exact groceries that you could buy this year with $100. So what that's telling us is the jump from 100 to 103, that maintains the level of groceries that we're buying, the same amount of groceries. But in reality, the average retiree didn't jump from 100 to 103. They jumped from 100 to somewhere between 101 and 102. So while the nominal spending, so the actual dollars being spent increased by $1 to $2 per year in this example, the real spending actually declined. Because to maintain that same level of spending on a real after inflation basis, that $100 would have increased to $103. So what this is saying is that yes, the average retiree spends a little bit more money each year, but on a real after inflation basis, that number actually starts to decline. 
So much so, in fact, that if the average retiree retires at 65, what the study showed is that by the early to mid-80s, the average retiree was spending somewhere between 75 to 80% of what they were spending in real terms at age 65. Meaning if you factor out inflation here, so look at everything in real terms, the average retiree is spending $100,000 per year at age 65 to maintain their retirement lifestyle. Well, by age 80, that same retiree is spending somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy-five dollars to $80,000 per year. So even though inflation of retiree expenses goes up faster than the inflation of everyone else's expenses, primarily because medical care is going to represent a bigger portion of those expenses, the actual rate of expenditures gradually declines over time. Now, this was actually talked about. Michael Stein authored a book called The Prosperous Retirement, and he kind of popularized this concept. He, he looked at a three-phase retirement. He called it the beginning is called the go-go years, the middle of retirement is called the slow-go years, and then the end of retirement is called the no-go years in his terms. And what he talks about is the fact that when you first retire, you have your energy and your health and you just finished working and you're excited to travel and to go out and to do all these fun things, that's where you're spending most of your money. In the middle of retirement, you're still doing fun things, you're still living comfortably, but there's not the same level of travel. There's not the same level of entertainment. There's not the same level of doing stuff that you were doing when you first retired. And then in your latter years, you're doing a lot less simply because your health isn't there and able to do it, or you don't have the energy to fully do it. So what we actually see is that expenditures, if you back out medical expenses, expenditures from the time that you retire until the end of retirement, actually continue down every single year on average. Where they begin to increase is when medical expenses kick in. So when you're younger, you're better able to travel and enjoy retirement. When you're older, those expenses are gone. But at some point, and this is what's different for every retiree, but on average, somewhere between 80 to 85, that's where living expenses start to rise again. Now, on average, the interesting thing is they never actually get back to where they started at age 65. If again, if you're looking at real numbers, if you're looking at numbers after factoring out inflation. So even by your later years in retirement, your spending on average is probably less than you started with. Your, in, your spending does start to increase once medical expenses kick in. So if you look at spending from the beginning of retirement to the ending of retirement, there's kind of a term that's been coined the retirement spending smile. If you look at the average line that traces retirement expenditures, you have the line from left to right starting at its peak. That's when you're spending the most. You retire and that's when you have the most living expenses. And then that line starts to draw down or starts to decrease in the middle. And then towards the latter end of retirement, as you go from left to right, it starts to increase again. So you kind of have the smiley face looking thing where it starts high, it dips in the middle, and then it gets high again as you go to the right. But on average, where the smiley face ends on the right is still lower than where it begins on the left. So that's a general snapshot of what retirement spending looks like. Now, what are the takeaways for you? You know, this is easy enough to say that, yes, that's what the average retiree does. But what are the implications? What are the takeaways? Because obviously no one really cares about what the average looks like. They care about what their spending will actually look like. Well, here's some takeaways. Number one, it may be that many retirement modeling tools are overestimating the cost of retirement. In, in fact, it certainly seems that way. Now, is this a bad thing? Not necessarily. And again, the reason for this is if the retirement modeling tools are assuming some rate of inflation, say 3% per year, what that's assuming is it's assuming that your expenses at the beginning of retirement, which data would show us are much higher than they'll be later on in retirement, 
the retirement projections are showing that level of spending adjusted for inflation over time. Is that bad? No, but it may be unnecessarily conservative because in reality, most people's expenses starts to fall through the middle. So as you're running projections, does it make sense to consider a few different scenarios of what does it look like if your spending does increase step by step with inflation? That's something to consider. But what happens if it doesn't quite do this? What happens if spending does dip in the middle? How is that going to change your returns? Because if you're looking at trying to be on track for retirement and understanding when can you retire? Well, a retirement modeling tool that assumes a fixed inflation rate of 3% per year on the same expenses that you're starting with in retirement, it's going to show you that you need to work longer or save more or spend less in retirement to be okay. Well, if you actually factor in what average expenses do for the average retiree, you might be in a position to retire sooner than the average retirement projection tool might lead you to believe. Number two, the second takeaway is really get a clear idea of what will your travel expenses be. So as we see a big reason for this, a big reason for what this retirement spending looks like, it comes down to two big factors, one of which is travel and entertainment, and the other of which is medical expenses. So of course, we cannot forecast exactly what these are going to look like. But as you go into retirement, if you've already done some planning and some thinking of what do I want my trips to look like? What do I want my entertainment to look like? What are some trips I could see myself doing? The closer you can get to understanding what your true cost of travel and entertainment will be for those first years, the better off you're going to be. Because then you can get a lot more precise with what your numbers will look like, as opposed to just relying upon the average numbers that we see in this study. The second thing on this is, can you plan for medical expenses? And to some extent, no. We don't know what our medical history or our medical expenses are going to look like. We know what our medical past has looked like. We maybe know what conditions we currently have. We know what family history has looked like in the past, but we can't exactly predict what those medical expenses will look like. What we can do, though, is plan smartly for the medical options we have. Can you get the right Medicare plan that says, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit more potentially, if this makes sense for you, maybe you spend a little bit more to know that if there are increased medical expenses, a lot of those are covered by insurance. What that allows for is it allows for a lot more certainty in your planning. You know exactly what that premium will be each year. You know your max out-of-pocket costs. And in doing so, you know that there's going to be a ceiling to how much you might have to come out-of-pocket with when it comes to your medical expenses. Maybe long-term care. Do you have a long-term care insurance policy that can protect against the rising costs or the risk of a long-term care incident? Or can you self-insure by having a portion of your portfolio that's positioned to be able to offset those costs? So the more intentional you can be about understanding what your, your travel and your entertainment will look like those first few years of retirement, and the more intentional you can be in determining what Medicare option you should select, what health insurance or long-term care insurance option you should or should not select, the more you can control for these outliers in this expense or in this, in this scenario of looking what average retirement spending looks like. And then the last thing, the last takeaway here is this relates directly to your spending rate in retirement. We do so much work and retirees do so much work about understanding what is the most amount that I can possibly take out of my portfolio without running the risk of running out of money. And we talked about this a lot more. So in episode 27, we talked about how much can I safely spend in retirement? And we worked through what is the safe withdrawal rate that's sustainable throughout retirement. But a lot of that work is based upon the assumption that you have your expenses and those expenses increase by inflation. So that's all great. That's all great to know. But if in reality, your expenses are increasing by less than inflation, 
then the takeaway there is you could actually afford to take out more money from your portfolio in those early years when you want to travel more and do more because your portfolio doesn't have to sustain an increasing level of income year after year after year. Yes, your level of income is going to increase, but maybe not fully with inflation. So this is actually a really significant takeaway because as we said, on average, by the time that you're 80 to 85, your living expenses are about 75 to 80% of what they were at age 65 based upon the study. And what that does is it puts a lot less pressure on your portfolio to have to continue to sustain the same standard of living from age 65 or whenever you retire all the way through the end of retirement. So this implication is just that it may be possible, it likely is possible, if you do have a good retirement spending plan in place to spend more in those early years, to not have to build up as big of a portfolio to support some desired level of spending because that level of spending will actually decrease over time. So just to summarize what we spoke about today, because I know a little bit of this is a little bit confusing. I say, well, James, you said inflation's going up higher, but expenditures are going down lower. What, what does this all actually mean? Just to quickly summarize, inflation for retirees. So the inflation on the goods and the services that average retirees spend money on increases a little bit faster than the normal rate of inflation for expenses of goods and services as a whole across all age groups. However, expenditures for retirees actually tend to go down over time. When you combine these two factors, higher inflation with lower expenditures, on average, the real spending of retirees adjusted for inflation tends to go down from the start of retirement somewhere until the early to mid 80s, at which point on average, it starts to rise again with the rising cost of medical expenses. So the implications for that, just to summarize, is number one, it may be that many retirement modeling tools are overestimating the cost of retirement. And when a tool overestimates the cost of retirement, it is telling you that you need to either have more money saved, work longer, or spend less to maintain some desired level of spending in retirement. So that's the first implication is to make sure that we're using the right numbers as we're modeling this. Number two, the better you can get at determining exactly what travel expenses might be, and the better we can get at ex planning for what possible medical expenses might be and offsetting that or controlling that through the right insurances, the better you can control the spending, the better you can have clarity over what your actual spending will look like. And then finally, number three, this really does have a significant impact on understanding what is a sustainable withdrawal rate from your portfolio. Because if your portfolio has to rise step by step with inflation every year to create that same level of income, well, you can only afford to take out some level of income from that portfolio. But if you know that your portfolio does not have to support income that rises step by step with inflation, but actually diminishes a little bit each year, what it means is you could actually afford to take out a little bit more in the early years, knowing that there'll be a natural decline in those expenses over time. So I hope that was helpful. This was just a good exercise of taking something that's an empirical study, which of course looks at averages across hundreds of different households. The average is not going to be unique to you. The average is just looking at retirement spending as a whole. But I hope that with the takeaways we walk through, you'll be able to get a better sense of how your retirement expenses will change over time and what you can do to better control for that. Thank you for listening as always, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye.
Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.